Good afternoon. This is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update. And today is Monday, November the 1st. My mission as MLA for Cumberland North is now to rebuild Cumberland North together with you. Building on a foundation of truth and justice, determination and dedication, servant leadership and honesty. Together, we will build on the pillars of creating timely access for healthcare when needed, having poverty reduction and empowering every single person that lives in our area. We will care for our earth and our environment while building and supporting entrepreneurs and business and business. That is my goal. That is my mission for you as MLA for Cumberland North. So uh, yesterday was a great day, um, great Halloween season. It's always so much fun uh, seeing the little ones come dressed up. And it's always fun too to eat the leftover candy to everyone that has that has some. I always try to make sure that I have plenty. So we usually have a little extra in our house. It's also flu shot season. So flu vaccine is now available um, in most doctor's offices and at most pharmacies. Um, they were all given a limited supply this season for some reason. We're not sure why. Um, and they're, they'll be receiving additional supply, I believe, uh, after November the 9th. So please book your flu shot. Vaccination, as we know, is one of the best forms of prevention of disease and illness, and a flu shot uh, is no exception. In fact, you can probably hear in my voice, I have a little bit of a cold symptoms this weekend, and uh, my husband does as well. We've been tested for COVID, and it's been negative, but I just wanted to acknowledge that in case anyone can can hear that in my voice today. So there is some some viruses going around already, and it's fall. It tends to be the season. So we'll continue to do everything we can to prevent the spread of, of all viruses. And I'm sure that I have done that, but I did pick this virus up from somewhere, probably my husband, I'm suspecting, and Lord knows where he picked it up from. But remember to always do good hand washing and, of course, comply with all of the COVID uh, mandates when out in public. Last week is your MLA. On Monday, I spent the day at my office doing constituency work, and Monday evening, I uh, rather than attending in Halifax, I watched Law Amendments Committee starting at 5 p.m. and was able to see all of the public participation, um, bringing feedback on some of the various bills. And one of the main um, bills that had presentation was an amendment to the Fisheries Act, which would have allowed the board to create a board of, of one, a, a committee of one, to approve an application through the fisheries. So that uh, did receive a fair amount of negative feedback, and the minister did respond by changing that to a minimum number of three. So that certainly is um, a good response to concerns about board uh, governance. On Tuesday, I drove to Halifax for the legislature. A two-hour drive is, always goes by fast, as I often use the time to return phone calls to people that are looking to speak with me. So I do have Bluetooth hands-free, so it is safe. And many of the calls recently are in relation to people finding, uh, having difficulty finding a place to live, whether it be to rent or to buy uh, something that they can't afford. And this is continuing to be an ongoing problem, increasingly um, worse. So I do have a meeting today with uh, Mayor Kogan, uh, Mayor Scott, 
had another commitment, but he'll certainly is committed to attending the next meeting, as well as uh, Municipal Councilor Jennifer Hotailing from the Pugwash area and a couple of other stakeholders. And we're going to be starting some discussion. I shouldn't say starting. We're going to be continuing some discussions on housing uh, right here in Cumberland County. And um, the premier created a, a one of the new pieces of legislation for housing is ensuring that there's a strategy, but it's only for HRM. So it's a little disappointed that there wasn't something that also was for the entire province, including rural Nova Scotia. So you know what? We'll do it ourselves. So I had a public meeting on housing last November, and we had probably about 50 people participate, and they ranged from contractors, uh, municipal councillors. We had affordable housing Nova Scotia here representing or presenting as well as CMHC, Canadian Housing Mortgage Corporation. And uh, two of my former colleagues came and and helped me do a presentation. And that did create some movement, but obviously we need, we have a lot more work to do. So I'm looking forward to the meeting today, this afternoon with um, my colleagues. And uh, we, we are committed to ensuring we can increase housing supply here in Cumberland, not just in in the town of Amherst, but throughout the whole county, and making sure that people have access to have a home and to have a roof over their heads. So we'll be uh, continuing to make that a uh, priority. So also on Tuesday, the legislature began at 1 p.m. with the daily routine, and every day I read either one or two member statements, and the, the member statements are an opportunity for me to highlight um, either an individual or a, a group of people that are doing incredible work here in Cumberland North. So on Tuesday, I recognized Stephen Leahy. Stephen Leahy recently authored a, a new book called Shignecto and Remshag prior to 1755. And I was really pleased to be able to honor him in the legislature on Tuesday. And Tuesday, the government tabled uh, more bills and Some of the other bills that had been tabled last week were debated. On Wednesday, I stood in the legislature uh, with a notice of motion, and I urged the government to make a commitment to a proven model for a school lunch program, similar to what Prince Edward Island is doing. Cumberland County uh, was found to have had the greatest number of people struggling with food insecurity in the province over the past number of years, and our students Uh, we know should not go hungry. And we know that they cannot learn. Um, They're not going to be healthy. So we need to make that a priority. So for that reason, and the fact that we have the resources already here in place, there's already a Cumberland nonprofit society providing cafeteria services. I believe we would be the perfect spot for a pilot program. And Jennifer Mapplebeck and I have had several conversations and meetings over the past year or so and to discuss this and certainly I have her support and she's more than willing to work um, with me and with government to make this happen. So although government did not give a unanimous uh, consent to my notice of motion, the premier did speak with me privately afterwards and assured me that his government will be working on a school lunch program for the province and will work with us here in Cumberland. So I am looking forward to making some progress on that in the days and weeks and months ahead. On Wednesday, I also stood in for a member statement and recognized our young Jacob Melanson 
for being drafted to the NHL Seattle Kraken. Wednesday, I also celebrated Denise Leahy on her 80th birthday and just read a, a beautiful member statement about what an incredible woman she is. She's received in the past the Order of Canada, which is, as you know, the highest one of the highest recognitions that, that someone can have in this country of Canada. So a, a happy belated birthday to Denise Leahy. I wanted to, to mention that today. Also on Wednesday in question period, I asked a couple of questions to our Minister of Finance, um, hearing from many of you about the rate of inflation and how the price of gas, food, uh, and other everyday items are going up. And many of you listening, uh, your income is not going up. So it's it's becoming a, a challenge and it's probably going to continue to worsen. So on Wednesday, I did ask the Minister of Finance, I said our economy is struggling. And even though we understand the global pandemic has had an impact, it doesn't change the impact that it's had on the pocketbooks of Nova Scotians. So I asked the Minister of Finance Wednesday what the government was doing to address the growing provincial debt and how they plan to battle inflation as well that's costing all of us more and more each day. So, um, and I'll mention later, I also asked another question on Friday regarding the finances of the province. Wednesday afternoon was Liberal Opposition Day. So every Wednesday is Opposition Day and it rotates between um, Liberals and the NDP. And two bills were debated on Wednesday afternoon. And one of them was entitled Gender-Based Analysis Plus Implementation Act. And uh, I did stand and speak to that because uh, I am very passionate about seeing uh, gender-based Equality, especially in government, I believe the government should reflect the people that it represents. And uh, I've probably shared this with you before, but I did share with then, you know, one of the very first times that I was drawn, interested in politics was when I was 16 years old. And I remember very vividly looking at a newspaper and it had the election results. And so I was 16 years old and I remember six men, six white men looked, you know, quite elderly, all had just been elected. And I remember looking at the picture thinking, this is wrong. This is wrong. 50% of our population are like me, are female. Why are there no females uh, being elected? Why is, why is there no female representation in it? And we do now have many women in government, but it's still not enough. It is not 50%. And uh, we need to ensure that our government truly represents the people. There was no late debate this Wednesday night. And it's interesting, last week I shared about how the previous week in late debate, I when I stood to, when I rose to speak, that I was shut down. And I uh, just want you to all, all to know that um, one of the persons that had voted for me not to be able to speak actually came and apologized to me in the legislature this week. So that's encouraging. And I did want to just share that with you because interesting, I had several people reach out to me about that and they did, they were not happy that that had happened. And it's an interesting dynamic in that, in that legislature for sure. But um, it's always a good day when someone apologizes to you. On Thursday, we had Committee of the Whole, which is when the bills, after the bills have gone through second reading and Law Amendments Committee, then they come back into what we call the House for Committee of the Whole. And that's where, if any amendments are to be made, 
There can be uh, amendments recommended, as well as up to 20 hours debate on each uh, bill that is presented. So the main bill that's had the most um, conflict, I guess, since this legislative session began was the Amendment to the Elections Act, where Tim Houston and his government are proposing uh, a summer election date every four years. And I've certainly heard from um, a lot of people who feel very strongly that summer is not the best time for an election. And uh, there is no other province or territory that has a fixed summer election. Every other province and territory is way ahead of us and does have fixed election dates, but they're almost all in October and there are some in the spring, but none, absolutely none in the summer. So I did stand, and when it was my opportunity, I did table an amendment to that Elections Act, which was recommending um, that they do more consultation with the people uh, when the people would like to have an election date. And there is an actual election commission that is responsible for public consultation. Uh, My amendment was not accepted Uh, which was not a surprise because the Liberal and NDP caucus also both tabled a similar amendment and all three of our amendments were declined and and ignored by the government. Debate continued in the legislature most of that afternoon and into the evening. We ended around 9 p.m. on Thursday night. I also wanted to share that day Michael Tutton of the Canadian Press wrote an article and it was published on Thursday regarding the Shignecto Isthmus and threats due to rising sea levels and breakdown of the, the breaking down of our dikes over the years that's happening and the concern with that. And it is something that I've brought up in the legislature uh, several times, uh, basically each session in the spring and the fall. And I've also had meetings with our neighboring government in New Brunswick. Uh, they have taken the lead for um, working with the federal government on this issue. But I did provide uh, a quote to Michael Tutton of the Canadian Press and also let him know that I was planning on tabling a bill in the legislature actually the very next day. So on Friday, I did table a bill and it is basically introducing legislation that is asking for a collaborative task force uh, whose mandate would be to protect, maintain and rebuild critical infrastructure along our Chignecto Isthmus, which, as we all know, is a vital piece of the Atlantic Gateway. And so the task force would be composed of cabinet ministers from both Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, industry experts, representatives of our Indigenous community, as well as MLAs and members of Parliament elected uh, to the affected areas along the border. Uh, The Chignecto Isthmus is essential to our province of Nova Scotia, and we're seeing a dire need for government action to preserve and protect our link to the rest of our our country. The risks that we face to our environment, our economy, and the general safety show that an effort to collaborate with all affected um, to come to substantial solutions is long overdue. So the task force would open the lines of communication so that communities neighboring the borders of Nova Scotia and New Brunswick, that would be us, can be better prepared for serious storms and plan for mitigation measures to ensure safe travel across the Chignecto Isthmus. And that's that's come up a few times over the last four years, um, mostly from our EMO coordinators. So we need to work better together um, in our provinces 
And this communication and working together is crucial. And I believe there must be a commitment by our province of Nova Scotia to dedicate funding for this important work to be done. So the, the bill that I introduced addresses that. And also I want to say the incorporation of our local municipal governments into this dialogue of issues um, that the task force aims to address is also paramount. So I wanted to let you know that this is a priority and that I will be, um, this, this, you'll hear me talk a lot about this in the, in the months to come. I need to see action by our province. And uh, the Minister of Environment and Climate Change, Tim Hallman, uh, one of my former colleagues, he's a good friend. Uh, we spoke about this last week a fair amount. He tabled a, a new environment bill last week on climate change. And there was nothing in that bill about the Shignecto Isthmus. And the fact is, uh, our Shignecto Isthmus is what connects um, Nova Scotia with the rest of Canada. And there is a threat due to rising sea levels and the potential breakdown, uh, the gradual breaking down of our dikes along the, the isthmus that, um, you know, someday we could become an island. So we need our province to work on this and and really make us a priority. As, as you've heard me say before, $50 million worth of goods and services uh, travel along that section of the Atlantic Gateway on average each and every day, whether it's through rail or on our Trans-Canada Highway. So this must be a priority. And I did get a commitment from Minister Hallman and Minister Moreau. He's the Minister of Agriculture. And both gentlemen said they would be willing, uh, as soon as the legislative session is completed, that they will travel here to Cumberland and I'll show them firsthand our, our dike system. And uh, they're both eager to learn more and they both seem to, to understand the seriousness of this issue. So I'm committed to continuing that important work. Member statements on Friday were overwhelmed by the news that a staff in the Justice Department had used racial slurs or racial comment referring to a member of the African Nova Scotian community who was an MLA from Preston, Angela Simmons. So all of her liberal colleagues stood in solidarity solidarity with her uh, against racism on Friday. It was very emotional. Uh, in fact, one of their MLAs from HRM, Ali Duali, he stood and said he will actually vacate his seat in the legislature until the premier passes a bill that MLA Simmons had tabled the week before as an anti-racism bill. Honestly, I, I look forward to the continued work of some of these new incredible MLAs. And three of them are new MLAs from the African Nova Scotian community and from the, the Halifax area. And they're incredible. They're, they are incredible. And uh, we all know that no one should be treated differently because of the color of their skin. We all know that. So Friday was a tough day. Friday was a tough day in the legislature with, with that discussion. But I'm certainly committed as your MLA to work with all of my colleagues and to work with all Nova Scotians to ensure that we do everything we can to end racism here in our province of Nova Scotia in the Maritimes, in our country, and in the world. On Friday, also in question period, I also asked the Minister of Finance if he's considered working with the Atlantic Investment Bubble 
and if his government's also considered any revenue generating bonds to help grow our economy and create investment. And neither question was answered, and I will be following up with the minister in person. And I'm also tabling a bill this week to introduce an idea for revenue generation um, after the pandemic. And it's actually a an idea that one of you, one of my constituents um, gave me, and I think it's a great idea. So I look forward to tabling that this week. I'd like to extend birthday and anniversary greetings to anyone who's celebrating this week, including today on Monday, Mr. Ken Godfrey has a birthday. On Tuesday, my constituency assistant, Mr. Dan Gould, is celebrating. So happy birthday to Dan. He's just an incredible, incredible man who serves our community so well, and I'm so thankful to have him working with me. My brother Vaughn, Mr. Vaughn Smith, who owns a trucking business in Beckwith, Nova Scotia, he celebrates a birthday on Tuesday. And growing up, my birthday present to him often was some of my Halloween candy. Uh, this Wednesday, Amanda Stewart and my dear friend in Halifax, Mr. Rob Batherson, is celebrating a birthday. So happy birthday to Amanda and Rob. And on Thursday, Stephanie Walker celebrating. On Friday, Chad Coates. And on Saturday, Carly Gould and Rosalind Hussey. And anyone else celebrating, I extend my, my birthday wishes to you. Anyone who has lost a loved one recently, I uh, would like to extend my sympathies to you and to family and friends of Gertrude Elizabeth Langell, Beverly Adele Henniger, Robert Marlowe Tuttle, and Arthur David Wharton. And anyone else who has passed, uh, I would like to extend my sympathies at this time. Today is November the 1st, and we're leading into a time of remembrance. Remembrance Day is on November the 11th. So I encourage everyone to purchase a poppy, support our legions. They do incredible work in supporting our veterans. Our veterans fought for our freedom, freedom for our country, our province, our families, and ourselves. Stand in your freedom and remember to never take it for granted. We remember our veterans. We remember those who have served and made the ultimate sacrifice. Thank you to Mr. Ron Bickle and CFTA 107.9 for providing me with this opportunity to provide you with my weekly constituency update for Cumberland North. Please take care of yourselves and take care of others and have a great week.